The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. All right, here's my haiku of the day. I can walk around this campus with no pants on. I am both happy and sad. I'm tired. Just by sperm. Just by sperm. I don't know what any of that means to me, though. I took a lick of listen, it. Listen, I was an English minor in college. Leave this type of stuff to me. I get it. And sometimes, as I like to say, a tree is just a tree. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes no. a tree's nonsense, apparently. 11 o'clock, Domino, Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. We're a three-man show for a couple of hours today. We are. Chipper Jones, the Hall of Famer, is here with us as we thank you for taking the time to listen. Chipper included. I don't want to speak for him, but you can listen for free all the time, including the Braves baseball 105 first pitch today as they take on the Philadelphia Phillies. A.J. Smith Shaver is going to pitch. You can also watch the game on the MLB Network, but every spring training game is on the fan app. You can listen to us. You can watch us, catch up on interviews. It's all driven to you by Beaver Toyota of Coming and Beaver Direct is the quickest and easiest way to shop for a car online. You've got 680thefan.com. You've got the X platform. Chipper, you're you're on Twitter, right? I think so. Technically, yes. Yeah. But Someone uh, else I, handles it for you? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How many times have you been told to not be on Twitter? Oh, many times. Yeah. Many, many, yeah. many, many times. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Will Austin Riley end up with more home runs than you? I think so. I think he's I mean, right more, out of the more of a thumper. He's more of a thumper than I. I'll probably have a little better uh, uh, on base than average, mm-hmm. but uh, he's. Uh, we've been working on that home run swing for a few years now. Seems to be uh, translating. So, right. if you want to follow Chipper on Twitter <laughs> at RealCJ10, that's yep. what I'm being told. There's the blue check there, so it's got to be official. There is, but it's mostly run by my uh, my team. I right. guess you could say. Yeah, uh-huh. Team Chipper runs yeah. his X platform. Also at Matt Lear. I don't think the Road Dog has any team at Road Dog 680 at Chris Domino at Cellini Nick at uh, 680 the fan today's national florist day i hate to do this in front of chipper but our nice. we do an ex-platform question of the day chipper and today's question is what is your favorite song about flowers with it being of course national florist you're just day. setting us up for a bad day that's all again i don't i do that every day no stop looking at that list maybe that's the thing stop looking at what day it is or maybe pick like go off the board a little bit i'll work hey, on that pick something up but today Nobody it knows. is what it is Nobody does that knows. mean we don't have to listen to dumb songs on the way back mm, in no break? that's quite that, the opposite yeah virtual domino that's probably the polar opposite that's what's going on today so how much would you pay to have new legs we talk about your feet we talk about your knees you're not talking about magic legs like no, Lieutenant no no, no like it like just new at legs. this point in your life a lot yeah yeah it's it's getting to the point where it's the uh, you think about quality of life moving forward, um, the inability to be able to let's just say play golf two days in a row, or or be able to get out in the yard with the kids. You know, um, I went snowboarding um, in Beaver Creek, Colorado last week, and you know you get up there and you make three or four runs in a day, and 
Then you have a couple of pops at the bottom of the mountain. You wake up the next morning, you're like, man, I don't think I can go today, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, it's it's a concern, and I've got a, um, a knee replacement coming here pretty soon, so hopefully one of them will be fixed. How big a kick do you get out of watching your kids? Do something like snowboard. It's unbelievable. If you guys, if you guys follow on Instagram, uh, myself and and uh, my wife Taylor and some of her friends and some of my friends posted some videos of my five and my said my five year old was going down blues on a on a snowboard and my seven year old was going down double black diamonds on a snowboard. So I mean they're they're <laughs> really into it. My thirteen year old broke his wrist the first afternoon we were out there. Um, but put it in a cast and went the other four days, like right down the hill. So, uh, gotta be young. Yeah. Oh, no right? doubt. It's great to, it's great to be 40 pounds <laughs> built low to the ground <laughs> yeah. with brand new knees. I, I would give anything to be able to yeah, experience start over, that over, as they say. <laughs> well, Chipper Jones is going to be here with us kind of co-hosting as we uh, run through a bunch of different things, including the Braves. Now, a lot of people are asking, are you involved in any official capacity this year with the Braves? I'm back to my special assistant job. Um, you know, just uh, basically being a sounding board, uh, uh, Alex using me to, to bump stuff off of. Um, I felt like over the last couple of years with the the um, home games, it was still a bit too much, you know, and, and I, I was still missing stuff. I wasn't able to go on some trips during the spring and the summer that uh, that I really wanted to with the family. And, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where they have been, Absolutely great. Alex is like, we will take what we can get from you. Um, I will still be in a clubhouse m- maybe once or twice a homestand, but it's it's not going to be that, you know, that kind of everyday mapped out thing. And, and that's really what I want. I just want to keep my foot in the door because I, I love the people that are in that clubhouse, whether it's players, coaching staff. I have the utmost respect for Alex and what he's done, what he's established since he's gotten here. And I want to be a part of it even if it is in a more diminished role. If they send you video of a kid in A-ball, rookie ball, a high school kid, a college kid, how many swings do you need to see? I don't want to say pass judgment, but how many swings do you <laughs> think? Yeah, so, you're passing judgment. Yeah, it's yeah. probably four or five. Okay. You know, I need to, to kind of have a little bit to, to draw upon, um, but normally within a couple of swings I can kind of see. If he's struggling, I can tell you why he's struggling. Yeah. You obviously made the right choice. We talked to Jeff Francoeur. He was in studio with us yesterday in uh, his uh, podcast talking about athletes and parents and coaching young kids. But you were a football player as well. Do you ever allow yourself to think about, what if I stayed with football? What would have happened? Well, yeah, I'd probably be more decrepit than I am now. I mean, you made the right choice. You would have had the new replacement. Yeah, 100%. It was... You know, football, I loved playing football. I loved Friday nights in the South. I loved wearing my jersey. Uh, to school on Fridays. I loved pep rallies. I loved dating the cheerleaders and all that. Yeah, everything that goes along with with playing football in the South. Um, I didn't enjoy working at the game of football like I did baseball. Um, I got away with it, you know, in high school because I was one of the top one, two, three athletes that were on the field. That would have been really different at the next level, you know, and as much as I would like to say that I could have played at the University of Miami, um, 
I just I, I wasn't really willing to see that through because I knew where my bread was. Well, your passion was baseball. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I felt like work there. I felt like you know I was so close to living out my dream and becoming a pro baseball player. Why I muddled it up with with playing something that I wasn't passionate. If you about. were fourth round talent, would it have been a tougher decision? I think at that point, maybe so, um, because now if I'm a fourth round talent, I can I can show people how versatile, you know, what kind of versatility I have. If you were drafted in the fourth round, would you have gone to college? Or do you think you would have? Yes, 100%. Because you're supposed to play, for those that don't know, you did take a scholarship, right, at Miami, University of Miami, to play baseball. Yes. So where was the number for you? What would you have had to have been to not go to college? Uh, It's hard to say. I wouldn't have really set a number because I, I really never saw myself playing the game for the, for for the money i think obviously your signing bonus probably obviously would have made a big difference as somebody who didn't come from money um i'm i'm not sure you know at that particular time i think i got 350 250 maybe to to sign i can't even remember uh i got whatever Ben McDonald got the year before plus like twenty five grand, okay. so it, it wasn't a huge jump. But if you're going to make your money at the big league level. You got to get into the minor leagues. You got to sign your name. You got to get into the minor league system, and you got to go through the minor league process as quickly as possible. You can only do that coming out of high school. But fourth round money doesn't really make it worth it uh, to me to pass up going to college at a a huge baseball school back in the day. Um, Frazier was still the, the head guy there. They were going to Omaha year in and year out. Now, that being said, I would have had to stay for three years. Right. At a minimum, I could have been going through A-ball, double-A, triple-A at that particular time and been one step away from, from the big leagues, and, and that ultimately was what would have swayed Did me. Did you probably. have false bravado? You were out of the house because you went to Bulls. For those who don't know, you, you were out of the house. Mm-hmm. Did you have a false bravado walking in because you said, "Well, I can, I can live outside the house," you know? Because there were some kids who were literally leaving, going to bum town, whatever, mm-hmm. and have never been out of their homes. Again, that was another advantage and another way my parents kind of prepared me for either college life or pro baseball life. I was living on my own, having to manage my time, my money, and my studies at 15 years old. You know, I didn't live at home. 15, 16, 17, 18, you know, so I didn't have I didn't have as much trouble adjusting to life in pro baseball as some other the homesickness. I already went through that at 15, you know, the the managing money. I already went through that at 15. The how do I uh, manage how I'm going to uh, go through each day with my sleep, my rest, my my professional career now? I d- I've been doing that since I was 15 years old, so the, 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 the adjustment was a little easier for me. Chipper Jones, the Hall of Famer here in studio with us for a couple of hours. So you make your major league debut. We'll talk more about the Braves today. Obviously, you're here with us for a while, so we have to let it breathe, you yeah, understand? Yeah, We're going to talk about the Gutsy Hawks, because that was a headline I read, the yeah, Gutsy well, Hawks. We have to cover oh, that. We do have to cover guy. that. Ooh. It could be a very interesting story, though, as we said late in the show yeah. yesterday. 100%. Somewhere oh, down yeah. the line, 100%. if this continues to play itself out. And we got a guy, in case you don't know, Bill Hancock is going to join us. He's the head of the college football playoff thing. He's the executive director. Yeah, I don't know his what his official title. He's semi-retired. I don't know what he is. Bill's been a friend of the show. We're going to go to 12. We're going to talk about that. Perfect. Because what number do you think 
the college football playoff would have to go to to get Florida in? Like right now, give me a number. What number uh, do you feel comfortable for? 32? 32. Maybe, maybe, maybe half of the, it might be more than that. You know? I was going to say 37, with, but with, yeah, somewhere in the 30s. Hey, we with the schedule on. that Florida has to play this year, yeah. I mean, I've had multiple people say that's the toughest schedule I've ever seen in my life. You do you know? know there's a chance, and I said this, and, and you are a college football fan, so we are going to talk about this stuff. There's a chance the best team in a conference is not going to be the conference champion. It's there's because of the way the scheduling goes. If you don't play those two or those three in a given year, well, you're going to walk right into the college, the SEC championship compared well, to somebody you might have to fight, scratch and claw to get there. Well, Florida, yeah. Florida's oh. going to play. <laughs> Billy Napier's got a big challenge ahead of him. I want to talk about your major league debut, September 11th, 1993. Do you remember that day and what was going through your mind when you put that official uniform on for the first time? Yes, I do, and I knew I wasn't going to play because we were hot on the heels of San Francisco. The only chance that I had to play was if we were beating somebody 15 to nothing or if Sid Bream needed a pinch runner in the seventh or eighth inning. That's the only time I was going to play. So I was brushing up on my, you know, my base running, uh, getting with the coaches and learning, pick off, you know, learning moves, you know, uh, tendencies, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think I scored a couple runs. I think in uh, so September 11th, that would have given us about three weeks uh, till the end of the season. I got three at bats in three weeks, and I probably had six or six or seven appearances. You probably never sat on the bench like that in your entire life. No, well, no. I so, how was that mentally? It was. Um, it was different, but it was educational. If you take it in an educational, uh, uh, as an educational situation, you know, sit back, be a sponge, keep your mouth shut, observe, watch what's going on, learn, and, and then apply it when you, when you get in there. So I just wanted to be as prepared as I could for the role that I knew I was going to have. Bobby was up front. He goes, you're not going to play much. I don't know how many, if any, you're at bats, you're going to get the, the rest of the time, but you will be pinch running. We will use your legs as, you know, back in the day before the knee injury. Isn't that funny? He used to be bit. a speed demon. Yeah. Yeah. He, also <laughs> mentioned, he also mentioned Sid Bream. I, you, you did go to the lowest hanging fruit. What would have happened, though? I'm gonna. That's funny because if you're going to be a pinch runner, what happens if you screw it up the first time? Oh, you you don't pitch around anymore, right? Like whatever your job is, that job go away real quickly in that world. You know, we're ten games behind yeah. in August, and I think we ended up winning 104 games. So everything is magnified. Every little mistake. If you don't win that game, you don't want to be the reason that that you guys didn't win, didn't catch the the San Francisco Giants. So we have to explain something. Your memory. I, I don't know what your regular IQ is. I, I I don't know. But I know what your baseball IQ is. And you have a, a ridiculous memory. Something 31 years ago, if I ask you, do you remember if you had a plan saying, first pitch fastball, I'm swinging. First time you dig in. First plate appearance. Like, do you just go on with a show them I'm not afraid? Like, I don't even, can you remember 31 years ago what a mindset was to get your first MLB at bat? Yeah, there's there's one saying in, in baseball, especially amongst Latin players. Um, that has always rang true with me and something that my dad had always said. You're not going to walk your way off the island. You know, you're not going to walk your way into the big leagues. You got to swing it, you know. And I just remember walking to the plate for the first time in Fulton County Stadium. I was facing a lefty named Kevin Wickender from the Cincinnati Reds. And I was like, 
I'm getting my three hacks in. <laughs> I am getting my three hacks in, and I am not trying to hit a single. So first pitch was a sinker on the outside corner, and I, I tried to pull it. And luckily, as uh, as guy would have, you know, uh, I hit a swing and bump perfectly down the down the third baseline. There's no reason for Juan Samuel, who was playing third, to be playing me in. It was a uh, I don't know. We were up ten or eleven runs, and uh, just. Perfect swing and bunt and use those legs to, to beat it out. And one for one. The rest is history. It looks like a line drive in the box score. Anybody, walk. but you're right. Anybody can walk. Anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, those guys that go up there hacking, <laughs> uh, you, you, you got to be aware of those guys, you know? I, and I got, like I said, I got three at bats during the course of the, the rest of the um, September. And I hit a double in Montreal off Mel Rojas. Um, and I struck out off Johnny Ruffin, um, you know, in my second at bat. So, so you know what Johnny was, Ruffin is doing today? I do not. Telling people that he struck out Chipper Jones. My first my first career strikeout. <laughs> yeah. one, of, one of many. <laughs> my answer would have been nobody knows what Johnny Ruffin is doing today. Chipper Jones here in studio with us. We'll have a conversation with him. He'll co-host, in fact, so you can turn in, you know, whatever your fee is to Scotty McFarlane, our boss down the hall. After your two hours are done. The bongos around these parts mean headlines here on Domino Ancelini. Apparently, Tiger is giving Liv's best the cold shoulder. We'll talk about that at 11.50. More work is to be done with the college football playoff. Apparently, that's why we're having Bill Hancock on. He is the executive director of the college football playoff. He will join us at noon. And this SEC quarterback may very well have the best NIL deal of all time. And I don't think it's ever going to be topped. We go on campus at 12.20. When we come back, Raheem Moore addresses his relationship with Kirby Smart. Could there be a bromance on the horizon? All things NFL are next. Chipper Jones with us, like we said, the Hall of Famer. Until uh, 1 o'clock, it's Domino Angelini. It's the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. We do an X-Platform question of the day, Chipper, and today's question is, what is your favorite song about flowers? Chilini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Is this a druggish? What, what is the really concept? Sure. I mean, it's catchy. It is. Big karaoke, big wedding song. Get you moving around, but what is the true meaning of the song? No idea. Someone out there will know at the Harris Cherokee Casino's X platform. Speaking of which, did you know, as Buck would say, did you know... That starting March the 1st, the Caesars Sportsbook app launches in North Carolina. So our partners at Harris Cherokee Casino want you to know. Is that true? Yeah, it's very true. March the 1st, only in North Carolina, you'll be able to bet on all your favorite sports with the Caesars Sportsbook app. 
And no need to wait to sign up. Download the Caesar Sportsbook app and pre-register so when you cross the state line into North Carolina, you will be ready to throw some money down. Is that what we're know doing? that implies. Yeah. Listen, why don't we just get it in the state of Georgia? Well, why I can't mean, we all play? I, I think that you and I, Lord. maybe Chipper, I don't want to speak for him, the Hall of Famer in studio with us, but I think we all stand in agreement. If you're going to gamble, uh, why not, you know, put some money in the state's coffers? Do you know you there's no really such thing as a state line. You could be in a car and they, they'll put a sign, welcome to Georgia, and all of a sudden the gambling stops. It doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like gambling should just be like, it should have an ability to cross that line with me. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you again. I agree with the guy. <laughs> don't want to put Chipper on the spot. I don't know if you've actually called your congressman at any well, point. Well, if I, if I put $20, $20 down on, on a team as I'm crossing a state line. Right. I, You're going to get pulled over. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> Hall of Famer jailed. Are they, are they coming to get me with like a drone strike or something? I don't, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know like, how it works. All right, so Chuck and Chernoff yesterday pointed this out. I wanted to ask you before we talk some NFL chippers. So you made the All-Star game every year between 96 and 01, except for your MVP year in 99. Weird. What happened? <laughs> it was an unfortunate set of cir- circumstances. Um, it, you know, every team had to be represented, and uh, Jason Kendall was the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, representative for that All-Star game. I probably would have made it, but rounding first a couple days before the All-Star break, uh, he gruesome injury. Oh, God, uh, I remember comes that. Comes around first and slams on the brakes, snaps his leg. And so he wasn't going, and they had to take a uh, Ed Sprague, the third baseman in Pittsburgh that year, who had a, a really good first half. Um, but, yeah, Boach, Boach called me, um, and, and, he, and he, he said, he goes, look, <laughs> anybody else goes down you're coming uh but this is the the way it has to be and I, I don't envy a manager's job in the all-star game that's got to be one of the toughest trying to be as diplomatic as possible to everyone uh it's just it's it's a nightmare situation uh but yeah it's it's unfortunate and and that was a really special one because that was the one in boston with Ted Williams, you know, the scene with all the players, I mean, some of the greatest players in the history of the game, and uh, and I didn't get to partake in Who that. Who got voted was... in to start at third base that year? Why don't I not know that? It's, I mean, it's probably going to be uh, Olin? Caminiti and or Matt Williams. Okay. I would I would say I don't remember who was uh, – uh, was, who was, All right, here's my there. question. I don't know if we've ever asked this. How does 248 happen one year? You had five. I heard plus. this conversation. I was riding in the. I was riding in the car when when you guys had this conversation. And to be honest with you, whenever I see an outlier mm-hmm. um, like that, and I experienced an outlier, um, if you guys will remember, I was in a boot for quite some time that year. I was having a lot of trouble with my feet. Uh, it wasn't until uh, uh, that year that I realized that I was wearing shoes that were too small. You know, we didn't. We didn't get a new pair of shoes, you know, every year. I had shoes that were, you know, years old when I was when I was growing up. I had to wear my dad's shoes from time to time. When I started playing baseball, I wore multiple pairs of socks, and my my toes would get scrunched up in the in the in, in my shoe, and it would cause problems in my arches, and um, really had some trouble with it until I moved to a. a 
another size shoe, and all of a sudden, I didn't have foot problems anymore. So it was a combination of a couple things. Um, what year was that? 240-something. It was like early 2000s maybe or something. I got it. Um, out someplace. I was, yeah, struggling with my health. So whenever I see an outlier like that, I have to believe that there is something that is affecting that that particular player and and his mechanics, which doesn't allow him to uh, achieve consistency. Two thousand and four, you had five hundred sixty seven plate appearances with your with your pups hurting. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and but it is it's it's an incredible outlier. Last one before we get. I was saying like two hundred at the break too. So Ooh. I got a little hot in the second half just to get it to two forty. All right, as we get to the NFL stuff, I just want to know what would it mean if you would have hit two ninety eight instead of three hundred plus. Means you're not a 300 hitter. <laughs> and and what does that mean to a guy who plays 19 seasons who was on the cusp of that? Well, as somebody who, um, if I was to be asked what my greatest accomplishment was, was to be a part of the 300, 400, 500 club. That was that is a really uh, small fraternity. I, I don't know how many of them there are. I think there's like five or six, um, but. That is what that that really tells people that you were an all round hitter. You were you were a good average hitter from both sides of the plate. You were a patient hitter. You took your walks. You got on base forty percent of the time, which is a big number. And you slugged. You know you oh, nineteen years in the big leagues, and and to have that be your average, that's really saying something. So twenty twelve is your last year. If there's a DH in the National League in 2013. I'm still playing. Okay, you answer the question. <laughs> That's all I need to know. And, and to be honest with you, uh, and, and let's, let, me, let me say this. I left money on the table in 2013. Um, my body was done. But to not have to worry about playing defense, um, that would have made a huge difference in my decision to leave that money on the table, knowing that all I had to do was hit, okay? And looking back, you could say that I could have had the chance to be the last National League, no DH National League player to hit uh, 500 homers and have 3,000 hits. Most of those guys are in the American League. A, a person that played his entire career in the National League with no DH to hit 500 homers and 3,000 hits is uh, also a very, very small percentage. So when an American League 2 or team calls, there's a couple, at least one. I actually had two National League teams call. So what? nobody in the American League? Nobody said? in the American League called. Really? Yep. I had uh, I had Ruben Amaro from the Phillies call me. Uh, that year, and I actually had Stan Caston from the Dodgers call. He's like, "Come out, play whenever you want. We need you to police the, you know, the clubhouse out here." And um, I actually, I actually discussed that, you know, doing that with with my wife Taylor. Um, I never entertained the Phillies thing because that that just like that makes my skin crawl. <laughs> to Atlanta think fans will love hearing that. <laughs> to think about that. So, how long a conversation was it at the kitchen table? Um, now, had a, you done the re, you did all the retirement stuff? Yes. He calls at. No, I don't want to get anybody. No tampering. Right. So there's no tampering. Yeah. Right. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. How long was the conversation at the kitchen table? About five minutes. Yeah. Moving across country and be, or or not having her stay 
you know, kids and everything in school. It would just been a headache. And like I said earlier, my my body, I was mentally and physically roasted. Could you have lived with yourself not being a, a brave for your entire career, though? Like, would you have been, let's ultimately, say it was an... Ultimately, yeah. no. Yeah, you would have been pissed, I think. Ultimately, no. Would I would have been very disappointed in myself for doing that. And I think a lot of other people... Even inside my circle would have been just very disappointing. Yeah, Hall of Famer Chipper Jones here with us. As Domino promised, we'll get to the NFL eventually. But what do you make of this uh, championship or bust attitude that was talked about starting at Braves Fan Fest and kind of continued during spring training? Getting a little ahead of ourselves, you know. I mean, uh, there are there are steps steps to 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 go along the way, you know. And the first is to to win the division. Actually, now. You don't have to win the division to make it to the playoffs and give yourself an opportunity, but you have to play well enough to to be one of the you know final six or seven. So um, I don't know. I, I think it's uh, it's probably something that a player or two talked about to the media, and now it's getting blown up. Like those guys are not thinking about the World Series right now. They're thinking about making it through twenty five games in spring training being as healthy as possible and trying to be, you know, as hot as can possibly be at the end of March. That's all we were ever thinking about. And then, you know, going to Philly and winning that series. How do you break down the season if you're a player? How do you, do you break it into fourths and into third? How do you do it? Because, like, in football, they say first quarter, second quarter, yeah, third quarter, I never, fourth I never really thought about it, to be honest with you. I guess halves. Yeah. I mean. Um, Did you think in 10 at bat? runs did you think no you never did that because a lot of guys tell me I maybe think- monthly okay maybe monthly you know because everybody looks at uh at their numbers okay am i am i a quick starter you know normally i was not a quick starter i i can't say that i had some monster aprils may was awful for me it was like okay the first the first months out of the way and i gotta you know okay i'm hitting 300 so i got to good foundation under under my belt in the first month and then i hit like 215 in may but then when the weather warmed up in june july and august i was on fire you know i'm from florida i'm a, I'm a warm weather kind of guy I, I i can't stand 40 degrees and mist and rain in in new york you know but uh, uh the fact of the matter is is you probably would break down your offensive production Monthly, as a team, it would probably go by half. All right. So you, you mentioned you think Austin Riley's going to have more home runs. Will Austin Riley finish his career with more rings than you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so you feel Well, like- every time he wins one, I win one. <laughs> so so, so kind of sort of. That's true. <laughs> so I'm one ahead of him, That's, actually. That, yeah. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, is, as a player, I really feel like it's going to happen again. You can't guarantee anything. Everybody thought we were going to, to win two, three, four, five championships. So what the narrative is, edge, edge, edge. I don't know, like, legacy became a big thing a few years ago. That became a word that everybody said, let's let's throw legacy around and figure everybody's out. But a baseball team without an edge. You, there were years that people said about your Braves teams, eh, uh, briefcase guys, eh. And I don't, yeah. I, I don't, have you ever spoken to that? I have not, but I can see why people would think that because there is a slow transition to who polices the clubhouse. You know, it was always the older guys. It was always Smoltzy and Glavin and and some of the older position players. And as they kind of shuffled off, you know, everybody was kind of looking at, okay, who's it going to be? Well, I'm not really 
I wasn't really early on in my career that guy who would jump up in somebody's face or pull somebody aside and say, that's not how we do it. But once the transition did, I think most guys in the clubhouse would say, and especially with what I was going through off the field, they they dipped their toe in the water before they started, you know, coming up and putting their arm around me. You know, I mean, I got to see what kind of mood this guy's in before I approach him. A little bit scared, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's something that's been missing in this clubhouse, uh, maybe since, well, definitely since Freddie left because he was uh, definitely policing the clubhouse. But, you know, you could probably say that Dansby was as well. But before that, the guy with the edge was Nick Marcakis. And you have to have a guy like that in the clubhouse. Chris Sale is that guy, but he's a pitcher. I feel like you have to have a position player that goes out there every single day because pitchers don't take constructive criticism well from position players, and position players definitely do not take constructive criticism well from pitchers. So you have to have kind of that even balance. Now, before Smoltzy left, he came to me. He's like, you... If I have a beef, I'll come to you. You handle it with the position players. If you have a beef, come to me. I'll handle it with the pitchers. So there was that 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 really good mesh that we had. And um, hopefully, you know, guys like Austin or, or Matt Olson will will you know transform into that guy as the as the everyday guy. And and I hope that Chris Sale, you know, kind of at least by the way he goes out and pitches, the way he talks to the media, the way he talks to his teammates, kind of kind of does that for the pitchers. So that stretch, though, was it fair to say that you guys were talented? And here comes Sheffield, and here comes Galarraga, and they did a bunch of things. This team had turnover, you know, during that fourteen-year run. When you hear briefcase, you know these guys just rolled it out and they just played, and then they couldn't turn it on in the postseason. Is that fair or unfair? Oh, I think it's fair if you know if if that's your if that's your complaint you know um, we were by no means well, we had a blast in the clubhouse we had a blast on the buses we had a blast on the planes we enjoyed being around each other if that didn't come out on TV I can't really help that you know I'm not a guy who's gonna <clears throat> you know I'm me personally I'm not gonna have the chains around my neck I'm not going to be down at the end of the dugout you know messing around with with two of my buddies because I may be missing something that happens on the field. I have to stay focused on what is, you know, going on on, out on the field because I could learn something and I don't want to miss that opportunity. Not to say that, that, you know, these guys aren't doing that. um, But the fact of the matter is that's just not, uh, just wasn't my personality. And if if you don't like that, then I can't help you. Do you like it though? Uh, Because I think that was as much fun as a fan base has had rooting for a team 100%. around here. 100%. Okay. I, I enjoyed watching it. I, but if I would have, um, you know, if, if I would have been in their shoes and acted differently, that's just me as a person. Just that's didn't my work for you during just didn't game. Work for me. Right. I know what it takes for me to be successful. Those guys are, I mean, they're hooting and hollering and having a blast. There was nothing better than seeing those guys, you know, jump over the, uh, the, the the fence of the dugout whenever somebody gets a, a big base hit and they're, you know, slashing the sword and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's 
it's fun. I, I get it from a, a, an entertainment standpoint, and it works for them. It just didn't happen, you know, didn't happen to work for me. There are many times when Brian McCann goes belly flopping into third base on a on a his only triple of his career, and and you saw me laughing my ass off. You know, I mean, there are certain when John Smoltz looks like he got shot when, when, he, when, he, when he did the tuna in, in Colorado at, at home plate. That kind of stuff. You know, really, you know, gets me. But I'm sorry, the camera wasn't on me at that particular time. To that, people thought I wasn't having fun. Do you have a good bat flip in your? Uh, in oh your yeah. Resume? What? Yeah. Why don't I? What is it? Philly. <clears throat> Philly. Oh. Uh, was that the last one? No, it wasn't the last one. It was. Uh, it. It. W- I had a walk off against Philly in May, and it was a game started by Doc Halliday. And Tommy Hansen, God rest both their souls. Um, you know, you're expecting a three to one, three to two game. It was, uh, I think we won 15 to 13, 14, 13, something like that. And um, Chooch Ruiz, the catcher from uh, from Philly, hit a home run. I believe it was off of Flaherty. And I mean, he just pimped it. I mean, I think it put him up like. Nine to eight, ten to eight, something like that. And I came back in, and I don't know why, because I usually don't let that stuff get to me. I go, God help them if I hit a home run to, to win this game. <laughs> and uh, I came up in the bottom of the last inning, and I actually hit one foul, a homer foul, to get to two strikes. And I really knew that this guy had nothing to get me out with. I can't remember his name. You say I have this great memory, but I, I, I can't remember his name. And I was just waiting on some kind of, off-speed pitch over the middle of the plate, and he gave it to me again, and I hit it out in right center. And when I tell you that thing had landed in right center and I was still walking, which I never did, and I, like, it wasn't just a like a casual bat flip. It was a, I mean, had some action, like some helicopter action on it, and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> My next at bat the next day, I was a little loose in the in the batter's box. <laughs> Get some happy feet, huh? I thought it was coming. Hall of Famer Chipper Jones with us, co-hosting with us till about one <laughs> o'clock. Um, how the Falcons' new offensive coordinator in defense of Chris Domino is a crapshoot personified. That story in a couple of minutes. Punching it in from the goal line. This is the drive into the red zone. All right, so Raheem Morris did meet with the media at the Combine yesterday, and the topic of Georgia and Kirby Smart came up. Here's what Raheem had to say. Jealousy is my relationship with Kirby Smart. All right, let's go win some championships like that guy. They've done nothing but formulate a great program, and again, it starts with the people just watching him win championships. It's been fun to see. It's been fun to see the acquisition of great talent coming out of Georgia. Where I live now is is a big Georgia contingency, so like I got to get my Bulldog hats and be ready to support those guys and what they're doing. <laughs> With the eighth, eighth overall pick, the uh, Atlanta Falcons pick Brock Bowers. Yeah, I don't just think that's the, oh, no. a three tight end offense. F*** you and go dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds to me like it, it maybe the times are changing in Flowery Branch. And it could be a guy from the University of Georgia making their way to the Falcons. As Buck will tell you, 1966 is when this franchise was established. They've never taken a Georgia player in the first round. If that's the case, can we encourage uh, Beck to come out early? <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what? Where would he fit? Nobody's even. Where would he fit? Like if they mocked it up and they included. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's. Does he have to do it, it a second year? Probably. It, yeah. You like him? Is he better than JJ McCarthy or Bo Nix? 
I think he is. I'm not a big fan of Bo Nix. I keep thinking about what happened at Auburn. I just. Well, I'm looking over your head, and Mel Kuyper's got J.J. McCarthy going 12th overall to the Broncos. So that, pe- that pretty much puts Carson Beck right, yeah. <laughs> right and, in Falcons' lap. Right? And, and maybe it's not his fault, but McCarthy just didn't have to do anything for the most part at Michigan. Well, now they're going to say, though, they're going to find out how athletic he is. I keep hearing well, he could end comparis- up in the top 10. I've heard comparisons to Joe Burrow. Here's what I keep thinking. Oh, wow. Then why didn't you get Jim Harbaugh? Like to These me, guys did it, man. I would I would have said, hey, Jim, you like McCarthy? We'll let you take him at eight. Yeah. Would you have liked Harbaugh more than anybody here? Oh, I can't say that. That's kind of putting me on the spot. I mean, Raheem's, Raheem's here now. He's, oh, he's done a good job. Oh, well, like, well like you're, you're obviously not yeah, co-hosting today. You're obviously not co-hosting. I, there's, I have a little more to worry about than these two guys, right? I got to stay a little more on the fence. Yeah. You know, the fact of the matter is I was, I was very surprised. I was very surprised that it wasn't Harbaugh or Belichick. Obviously, you know, Belichick was dominating y'all's broadcast here for... It what, was an assumption weeks? by a lot of people, myself included, that it was going to happen, yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's neither, and uh, Raheem gets the job, but I'm happy for him. Look, if he comes in and we get a quarterback, this is a quarterback-driven league. we got to do whatever it takes to get a quarterback, whether it's through the draft, whether it's signing or trading for somebody, you've got to get the, the next quarterback. So, right Zach, Zach Robinson, we know, I think it's his pick. I, to me, it's the OC, and he gets to tell me he goes through a process of elimination, but I'm not. I hope so, because it's his offense. That's right. So, we talked about who he liked and who he didn't. That yeah, there came was out. A, a pro football focus where he used to work, Zach Robinson podcast, and he loved Patrick Mahomes more than a lot of people, because don't forget, lack of discipline, um, a guy run around, that, right, a run around. isn't really going to fit inside the confines of the NFL. He thought he was one of the best quarterbacks. He's got the highest upside, is what Zach Robinson said when working for Pro Football Focus going into that draft. He also said that Daniel Jones, who went sixth overall, flashes some talent, but definitely has some concerns. Now, it's a crapshoot in this regard. I know. He also loved Mitchell Trubisky, saying Trubisky is a great fit for what the Bears do offensively. So, to your point, Domino, when Arthur Blank got upset with you, it's a crapshoot. Nobody knows anything. Okay, but what was it's not a crapshoot? It is. What was Trubisky's? What were his numbers in Chicago? Like he was his best in Chicago. Like he had winning records. He, did he not go to the I, I'm postseason? Pretty, I'm pretty convinced, though, that Chicago seems to be like the newest place where quarterbacks go to die. It just and, and again they bring a, they bring a coach back we'll find out what happens this time because the general manager polls look i wanted to bring this up we have a piece of sound boomer size and said if their general manager does not pick caleb williams he should be fired on the spot now here's what i would say to boomer how about this then how about in two years if caleb williams is not the best quarterback in this draft you lose every job you have you're fired all right listen to this and then i'm going to turn it on him and say whoa 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 the flip side to the coin is he walks away yeah now you have to be fired listen to this it's over. This, they're taking this kid right here, and if they don't take this kid, then Ryan Paul should be fired. Okay, then if he's not the best quarterback in two years, you're fired. From every job you have, you're out. Like, that is such a sports talk host thing, and we're all guilty of that. But but you talk about having stuff to lose. Now Boomer Esiason, is, he's assessing college quarterbacks, which makes me laugh. With all due respect, what does he know about college quarterbacks? That's an opinion, I suppose. The GM should be fired if he doesn't take him. Okay, good. He's not the best quarterback. You're fired. 
Let, let's play the game. Let's make it a showdown. Caleb Williams. Loser leaves town. He, he did show up at the Combine today. He's not going to work out for anybody, but he did say, you know, the Bears, or if they trade back and it's it's somebody else, I'll be happy to play. I have no agenda. So saying the right things is Caleb Williams. Well, it's amazing we have this guy sitting in a room with us because that would tell me that Caleb's not going to pull a Todd Van Poppel. <laughs> Which, by the way, might have, been the for greatest, the might have been the greatest thing that ever happened. I can't talk to anybody without somebody bringing up Bob Van Poppel. It's been a while, you and I. All right, here's, I got to I, I pose a question. Who's the best player in the draft? The best overall best player? Best overall player in the draft. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is yeah, the best chance I to agree. succeed. Yeah, I think he's the one guy that you can, you will look back in 20 years and he will be the one guy that you can say 100% he'll be wearing a gold jacket. I will go as far as to say that. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa! All so, the fame. Okay. what I'm, what I don't, uh, what I'm saying is, okay. So you're going to pass on the best player in the draft over something, somebody you would consider a crapshoot. Yeah, a quarterback. That's a good point. I mean, like when the Bengals. It's not a crapshoot. Jamar Chase. A lot of people said you need an offensive lineman to right. protect Joe Burrow, and well, they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but Joe Burrow's. Yeah, yeah was he's crippled. paying a price. Yeah, he's, he's paying, paying a price. Yeah, price yeah, and his, his knee and now his wrist. I mean, it's maybe yeah. it was a fair point in retrospect, but I understand what you're saying because I don't trust. I mean, I guess if he had to pick one of the quarterbacks coming in, Chipper, I don't know if you agree, but Jane Daniels seems to be the guy that we agree on as the quote-unquote safest pick. Everybody else, I don't know. And, and he's thin, so I, it makes him not safe. But I, I'm going to go with the – if Jim Harbaugh was hired here, I would have said I like the hire. Everybody else, it's – uh, who knows? We'll see. Jaden we'll Daniels is the one quarterback that I will say, oh, I like that pick. Everybody else, everybody else that they choose, I'm going to go, okay, let's see. Yeah, and you're hearing a lot of people more and more coming out who have watched Caleb Williams more and more say, eh, yeah, I mean, Merrill Hodge went as oh. so far as to say he's not special. They roasted him. A one, a one and one not being special. So, I mean, I don't know, like you said about Boomer, I don't know how good right. Merrill Hodges at, at evaluating quarterbacks, but he played in the league a long time. He knows good quarterback play when he sees it. And it, I know that his ability to break down film is better than all of ours. So I may, I may give him the benefit. He of did that. nail it with Johnny Manziel years ago. He said, you're going to regret it. Anybody yep. that takes Johnny Manziel, Merrill Hodge. Yep. The problem I have is you don't know situation. Is it a fit? Uh, is the guy many, we have no idea who's mentally stable going into the world of now having to walk the walk of being a top 10 pick, let alone a top 10 quarterback pick. That's the one thing that you can't tell me. You can't look in a guy's eyes. Look, do I think there's Goofy? Yeah, I know who's Goofy. Like, I, I Russell Wilson's Goofy. Her cousins put a grill in. I, now I got to think about him now. What, is he Goofy too? And I got Caleb Williams crying in the stands with, with nail polish on. Is he Goofy? We build him <laughs> up only to break him down. And for those that don't know, going back to Todd Van Poppel, Chipper selected first overall in 90. The Braves were interested in Todd Van Poppel as the first overall pick, but he explicitly stated that he would not sign with the Braves. Or his agent did. Yes. <laughs> we're, hearing about, we're hearing about him a lot now, too. You know, with all the unsigned, you know, Boris free agents. So it goes not back to get that, off the subject. No, but it goes back that far. Yeah. I mean, Caleb, look, Caleb Williams is trying to tell you I'm not going to pull A. Eli, I'm not going to pull a John Elway. I'm not going to. It's all going to be fine. I don't know what he's saying behind the scenes. He did have to do that, though, publicly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go play football wherever I get picked to go play football. All right. When we come back, why is Tiger giving this live star the cold shoulder? We'll talk about that. Domino 
We'll drive you around the sports world. Chipper Jones, the Hall of Famer, with us until 1 o'clock, co-hosting with Domino and Cellini today. It's the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Swing, high fly ball! Go to right center! And the Braves have won it! That is some King Kong s***. Chipper getting the announcers to work blue. 11.53, Domino, Chilini, the fan, 680-93.7 FM. Still not the first base yet. The uh, Hall of Famer Chipper Jones here in studio with us. Bill Hancock, the executive director of the college football playoff. Get your questions ready, Chipper. He's going to be joining Whatever us. you need to know about college football, <laughs> the man. I'm going to let the pros handle no, that. No, 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 no. I'm serious. Let, if you hear, if you, listen, we've if done anything, this with Bill. If anything piques your interest, Chipper. Yeah, if you just want to say, hey, 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 Bill, with yeah. all due respect, I think you're very wrong about Unless he can get, a, you know, half a dozen to a dozen five stars to go to University of Florida, I really, don't, I really have nothing. Have that kind of pull, Bill Hancock. Uh, John Rahm told ESPN, while Rory McIlroy has been supportive of his decision to join Live Golf to the tune of $500 million, he did text Tiger, and Tiger has given him so far, Domino, the cold shoulder. I love no it. No response. I love it. Don't put your hand out. Don't come shake my hand. Get over we, it. We are not friends. Get over it. I mean, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Are you a grudge holder? Come on. Yeah, I, I keep right. receipts. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I Tiger's keep, I keep receipts in my own household. <laughs> who's winning and who's losing I these days? I am so losing. Aren't you? Aren't we all? You are. We uh, We all are as guys in the house. Anybody that says any differently is a liar. He said, Tiger, I text him and the, he no, no say anything. You're an interpreter. That's what he said in my mind. That's how it sounded. One more time. Tiger, I text him. He don't say anything. I'd say C+. Plus. <laughs> I don't know. I Listen, the good news for you is I don't know how John Rom sounds. In my head, it was perfect, but I don't know. He's Spanish, was, not Italian. So. Yeah, he's... Well, it's close. <laughs> and he doesn't oh, an interpreter. It's all Europe. <laughs> in my head, Chipper, that's the way the whole thing played itself out. Let's buckle up. Turn off the GPS and let Domino take the wheel. It's a drive around the sports world presented by Marietta Toyota. At Marietta Toyota, every new Toyota includes our nationwide lifetime powertrain warranty. Family owned and operated since 1975. Stop in for a test drive or visit MarietaToyota.com. It's better in Marietta. All right, real quick. Speaking of that, do you know what these gentlemen have in common? John Rahm, Joaquin Neiman, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepta, Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, and Cam Smith. Derek Thomas, you're the golf guy. They're golf. all live golfers. They're all live golfers who play at Augusta. Taylor Gooch, 
He was the king of live. You know what he's saying? What about me? He's you know saying, what Augusta's saying? <laughs> what about you, sir? And now he's saying if Rory wins or anybody else, there's an asterisk because right. I'm not playing. That's right. He said, I want asterisks next to every major that I don't play in. I have three words for you. You don't count. Yeah. I would say this. On the 1st and the 15th, you go your way. Augusta's going to go their way. You made way. your decision. What do you want from You me? made your bed lie in it. Exactly. All right. Um, everything comes back to a Rocky movie or something in a Rocky movie. Do you know that the Carl Weathers outfit that he wore in Rocky Four to go into the ring is now up for auction? It is up to $25,000. It's the USA vest. It's the shorts. It's his final appearance in the ring. Yes, it is. Well, he comes back a little flashy back, but whatever. You know what I mean. I get it. 25000 Have you ever bought anything off of eBay? Chipper Jones. Never. Have you ever bid on anything that wasn't a public bid? Like, you've been at charity auctions that you've bought dogs. I've seen it. And by the way, because the dogs were auctioned, Chipper wasn't mm-hmm. at a place buying dogs. It was for charity. Have you never bought anything like at a... No eBay, no nothing like that. You ne- would you ever? Is there anything that you would buy right now that you know of? I'll let you think about it if you need to. But if, if there's anything, and would you have to go to your wife? At what price do you have to go to your wife? No, I would not have to go to the wife. You wouldn't? No. Okay. Uh-huh. You sure you want to say that? Uh, it's on the record. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> but what do you, is there anything that you think you would buy? Listen, I remember your all-star game home run, how that negotiation broke down the crap. You yeah. aren't going to, you aren't going to get, you aren't going to get had. No. Yeah. No. My you had an agreement. My 400th home run ball. Yeah. All-star home. Yeah. I'm not going to get shaken down. All right. Um, is there anything that you would like for, and you're building a house or you're renovating? I'm assuming you're going to have a little man area with all your stuff. Yes. Is there anything you would like to add to that? Is there anything you would buy? An old jersey? No, I don't no. have any room. No. Okay. It's <laughs> I just had to downsize big time. All right. You're so desperate to get out of the house, you're sitting in with us right now with all that construction going that's, on. That's that was a, off that's the record. a very good point. No, no, it's on the record. Oh, it was on the record? Yeah. Any, any excuse to, to get out of the house and not hear the sledgehammers <laughs> and, you know, hammering and drywall. Do you own anything from Mickey Mantle or signed by Mickey Mantle? Yes. Oh, you do? Yes. Okay. Pictures, baseballs. They freak you out signed. the first time somebody like Mickey Mantle actually knew who he, he you sat, were. He sat down with them at, a, at an autograph signing. Yeah. Like the first he was, time he knew you. He was cocked at 11 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's on the record. Too. <laughs> that is on yeah, the record. That is on the record. Did, did he know you? Uh, he knew of me. Okay. I don't, I, yeah. This is the first time we met. Um, I was really distracted by the uh, 5th of uh, uh, Jim Beam under the table. Under the table. Yeah. Under at, least the under, table. at least it was under the under table. Under the table, yeah. It was... And, and just people's reaction to meeting him. Like, it was, they were fawning over him. It was crazy. And I was just like, man, this guy's, this guy's a stud. You know what I know about him? He didn't hit 300. <laughs> he did. 298. 298. He's the reason I asked the question. I knew you knew. Yep. What do you have signed? Uh, I've got, got a picture with so him. I have Babe Ruth, a Joe DiMaggio. And a Mickey Mantle signed uh, picture in between, like, s- uh, bat racks of seven that are, like, uh, Hall of Fame bats um, and seven of my milestone bats okay. that I had. So you have to keep an eye on that when you move. You know, one of the movers may, you know, looks like you have a bat yeah, stored somewhere on you there, sir. All, all of my memorabilia I personally put in storage okay. myself. Yeah, it's like so. a good glove. You make sure that nobody, yeah. not a lot of people yeah. touch it. And I, that Mickey Mantle ball, where'd it go? I've got a shadow box uh, underneath all of that with 
All my all-star rings, National League Championship rings, World Series rings. What's the Hall of Fame bat? Is that signed by every Hall of Famer when you got into the Hall of Fame? Did they Correct. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. That's that's worth something. That's nice. Yeah. I'd say so. Keep going because we're going to have Bill Hancock join us at 12.05. <laughs> we're going straight through. Chris. Oh, really? Yeah, don't hold uh, back. We'll do what we want. Empty yeah. the bucket. Oh, really? Yeah, go ahead. All right, Adam. Uh, I want to hear Joe Namath. Joe Namath was a quarterback in the 60s for Alabama. And we talk about NIL now. We talk about what's all what's okay, $50 handshakes. You know, the old drill used to be you sell your tickets to some booster. You got tickets that are worth 40 bucks. He gives you 400 for them, and everybody's happy. Nobody knows. Listen to what Joe Namath said he was offered to play college football. $6,000 a month at one point from a college and a new car every year. <laughs> No, it gets better. It gets better. This is I, just, I just love his cadence. I do, too. I get the biggest kick out of hearing him talk. His father made $5,100 a year. Mm. His father In made... steel mill, right? Yeah, and he said $6,000 a month. You know why he didn't take it? He didn't have the conscience. He said his older brother said, and give me a Joe Namath. So you're going to go play with a bunch of cheaters. <laughs> and he literally said, I couldn't sign or I couldn't go. A new, and what do we know about the car? We, what did Joe Namath tell us? Now, when he was negotiating between the Jets and the Cardinals, he told the Cardinals that he wanted a new car and he wanted all these different things. Oh, they fell back. I talked to him in the dorm room. They fell back on him. Oh, he wants a new car and cash. <laughs> so I think the, the car greatest thing. storyteller ever, man. You tremendous? want to talk about a guy, Chipper, I don't know if you've ever met him. He takes over a room, man. He, he walks commands in. the room. I don't believe he's supposed to be a Hall of Famer. I, I, I've heard you say that, and and... You have to be charismatic to be oh able my to God. be, and and not only that, be charismatic in New York. Yep. like it's different. Like fur it's coat. different when you do it in New York as opposed to anywhere else. Mutton chops, fur yeah. coat, yeah. Farrah Fawcett, He showed up. Remember, we were I when know. the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. He did Radio Row. He had sunglasses on. What the do we lush, think about the lush chest hair? Oh. <laughs> yeah, back then. Yeah, it was you're, the thing. You're Jimmy. blind or you're a douche, right? But but Joe Namath wasn't. No, he said either one of those things. I'm telling you this. I, there have been probably five times where I've had that moment of Sandy Koufax was one. I took a step back. Joe Namath. Like growing up there and, and knowing about the, the bars and, and the club that he owned and getting in trouble a little bit with the NFL because of it, having to sell it. He was he was another guy. You take you just go, oh, that really is him. Yeah. There yeah. aren't many of those guys. It, it's it's happened to me a handful of times where you just been like, you know, Mickey Mantle before I did that card show with him. I was literally practicing in the mirror how I was going to meet him the night before. So he's know? like the Queen of England. You've got to go through your 100%. routine to make sure you get it right. That, and I've I've met four presidents, so it's it's uh that's a little awe-inspiring whenever whenever that happens. That's that's another level. Yeah. Down the hall. <laughs> Down the hall. All right, hey, watch this. Build that wall. No, 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 Build that's, that's, that wall. That's the only Hold conservative on. news talk station, Extra 1063. No, I have not met him, by the way. I have not met him. Okay. No? All right. So we're, Again, down the hall. <laughs> yeah, down the hall. So let's try something new. Are we waiting for Bill Hancock? Or is he on or no? Not yet. Okay. Keep going. Just I'll hit tell any, you when he's on. Don't hit, worry about hit it. Hit any piece of sound that's there. There's a list. I don't even oh. Just hit any. What is this? Let's play a game. You, know you tell me. Do it again. I'll, I know. Watch this. Play it again. Sounds like somebody hit a ball. You're close. Like in spring training. That's Otani. Oh, that was Otani. Oh, uh, yeah. Nailed it. Right, right to home yeah, run yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Wow, you know your baseball. That's what it sounds like. And his Dodger Otani. debut hits a home run. All right, play another piece of sound. Let's see what happens. I don't care. Think I'm scared? Are we in a club of some sort? What's happening here? Yeah, 
You stumped yourself now. See the look on your face. Now. What is this? What is this? That, that great piece of audio <laughs> was Isaiah Thomas running the slowest 40-yard. Oh, dash. yeah. Who ran the slowest 40-yard time uh, at the combine? I thought the guy Ever? at the end said, yeah, that was him. It was uh, an offensive lineman named Isaiah Thomas. Not That's the a, Isaiah not, Thomas. Not Tom no, Brady. No, 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 no. This is the, let's do it again now. Listen to this. Just listen carefully. This is the slowest 40 time ever at the combine. As we listen to this, yeah. what was the 40 time? 6-2. Uh, yeah, that's pretty slow. 6-2 is the slowest oh, I hear time ever. Yeah, you hear it now? I hear his feet hitting it? I think I could run 6-2 now. Well, be careful. <laughs> I think you might I could. get challenged. I think Somebody I could. smell a bit. How much it's money? It's not going to happen, but. Oh, okay. How much money would you put on the fact that you could run a 6-2 or better? Mm, yeah, I'd put, a, I'd put a pretty substantial. You really think you can run a 6-2? 100%. When's the last time you sprinted? That would be the problem. Are you going to make it to the end without a blowout? That's a good question. Without a blowout. Would you make it to the end? I I mean, are you going to, like, I have to leave the studio and do it today? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, big shot. I mean, we're going to go right across the street. Now we're name called. (laughs) I've been here here an hour. hour. I'm getting name called already. You're not a friend anymore once you come inside this room. This this isn't that show. (laughs) This is not that show. Everything changes. Could you want a 6-2? No. No, I don't think Probably I, I know. I, no, I, I could barely touch my toes anymore. I got a bad gait walking. Yeah. That's I've terrible. watched you walk. Yeah, it's terrible. Your, your gait was bad prior to the back injury. I know. I know. It's even worse now. I don't mean to pile on. I apologize. It, again, thank you. You, you right look like you're 90. Holy smoke. Yeah, you do. Oh, now the truth is coming out. Yeah, huh? you do. All right, well, you're bald. I know. <laughs> you want so me? are you. <laughs> By the way, I saw this pretty, are you holding up? How are you holding up up there? How are you holding up? I'm doing okay. I still have some lush salt and okay. pepper locks, right. mostly hey, salt. We played the clip. Did you ever, when did walk-up music start in baseball? Ever since I can remember, um, I got my song from Larry Walker in Montreal, so they were still in Montreal then. So that was like right when I got, you know, did right you when I got Did you ever use up. anything else? I did. I had a, um, I had a, I think it was... Trick Daddy had a remix of um, some song that I kind of I kind of liked there for a little bit, but but I played it for like two days and everybody was like, nah, nah, go back to Ozzy. That would have been like signing with the Dodgers. You just look back and you go, do you regret it? Look at that one. That's what I walked up to. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Oh, thanks, Jeff. We're not serious. Hey, good Lord. Without the, without the you know, I really hope you didn't play that version. No, it, was a, it was a different, <laughs> yeah. a different part talk of the about, song. Talk the about family friendly version. Good Lord. Hey, um, I wonder Bobby went crazy. If we're Uh-oh. gonna play the, speaking of, if we're gonna play the Ash Chipper, let's just play Ash Chipper. Okay. Um, take family member out of it. Toughest love you were ever given by anybody in the game? Toughest love. Um, Didn't care who you were. Yeah, uh, probably Chuck Lamar, uh, who was the minor league director, farm director, when I first got drafted. Man, he rode me like Zorro. Did he know... What he was doing was yes, part of a plan. Yes, percent. Okay, and he did it. He, he didn't. He didn't spare anybody. Okay, but he rode me extra hard um, because he didn't want to show favoritism. Let everybody else see that I'm not just because I'm the first pick right. in the draft. I'm not going to be treated any differently. He's going to ride my rear end just as hard as as anybody else. So, but 
when I once I got to the big leagues, once I was no longer under his umbrella, couldn't have been better to me. You know, but did he ever explain that to you? This is why I did 100%. what I did, yeah. and and explained it to my parents as well gotcha. because I thought he had it out for me, and he pulled my dad aside. Dad, big baseball guy, you know, pulled him aside and said, "Look, love the kid, you know, I, I, but he needs he needs." Every once in a while, to have a foot stuck in his rear end, and my dad was like, "Then you stick it in his rear end." You know that that's and, and from then on, it was like him and my dad were like best buddies. Are you the same player if it wasn't Bobby Cox as your manager? I like to think so, um, but I can't say how I would have responded to not having the success that we had. Mm-hmm you know, here in Atlanta uh, early on in my career. Who knows? You know, maybe it would have been one of those situations where let's just say I would have gotten drafted by Seattle instead of Atlanta, um, you know, four, five, six years into my career. Am I saying to myself, do I want to go play somewhere else? Do I want to be closer to home? You know, uh, do I want to win more? All these things would have been questions. I never had any of those questions uh, when I was playing here. So we've talked about Ronald and how, and we've talked about it a lot, Nick, you brought it up, the injury. It could end up being the best thing that ever happened. Which is crazy to say, but. So when yours, and I, I'll ask if Terry Pendleton might be as important as anybody in your career, if the injury doesn't happen, you get more games under your belt. But was there that sort of moment that we think Ronald is having now? It, it seems like go, Ronald has more of an appreciation of the game. Not taking anything every, for granted. Every player, once humbled, will have a greater appreciation. And, a, you, you know, I hate to say this, but a lot of times that is an injury. When you have the game taken away from you and you are away from it, and especially winning a championship in that same year that he was not a part of it, I think he he has come back a, a, different, a different person, a more mature person. Uh, kid still, you know, he still enjoys himself. Don't get me wrong, but I'd be hard pressed to, um, I know because I've been there, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody who's worked harder than he, he got, has. He, he got an A last year from the guys, the trainers, the physical guys, the weight yeah. room guy. Yeah. He said, you want to know who the A student is? It's Ronald Acuna. Yeah. I was like, whoa. And then this year, everybody's saying he's in better shape than last year. And year before, you know, the year before the injury, no one would have said that. Right. No one would have said that. And um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but our 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 careers, as far as success early, um, kind of head in the clouds. You know, maybe maybe thinking we're above everybody else, and then getting knocked down to to earth and having the game taken away from us. It, Virtually the same time in so our career. I brought career. up Terry. How important was you? you I think you oh, Terry was huge. Terry was huge on so many levels Terry because Pendleton. Terry Pendleton. He was a mentor when I when I was coming up, and then um, he was a guy that I could bounce stuff off of when I was hurt. Um, there's no secret why they they uh, lockered us next to each other in 1994. The whole year when I was on the DL, they wanted me to watch a true pro go at it they wanted me to watch how a true leader took over a clubhouse and policed the clubhouse because they knew that at some point 
that was going to be me. That was going to be my job and learned so much. I used to have to take his spikes off for him after games because he couldn't, his back was so bad. He couldn't bend over, take off his spikes, but yet he was going out there and playing, playing third and hitting third for the best team in the national league every single day. Playing on that turf, the old school turf, I'm sure that really helped his lower back yeah, a lot too. Which stadium was not fun, I can yeah. tell you. He that. was the first one to tell me about you couldn't take your cleats off because you, your your foot would swell so fast you wouldn't get it back on. So you just put everything into the ice bucket. Yeah. Shoot, cleat included. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, we would have, when we would you play in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, you could not read the, outs, the outfield signs or, or the 400 uh, foot sign because there was so much heat coming off. Of, of those, and we, we would literally come back into the dugouts in Cincinnati and St. Louis and Pittsburgh, and they would have uh, cardboard boxes with uh, glad bags over the top of them and filled with ice. And I remember one time in Cincinnati, Jeff Blauser, the bottom of his shoe melted, was melting. <laughs> That's too hot. Can't even wrap your head around that. That's Chipper Jones, hot. the Hall of Famer Willis. We're now joined on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line by the executive director mm. of the college football playoff. It's a very busy time for Bill Hancock. He's carved out some time for us right now on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Bill, always a pleasure having you on. How are you doing today? Good to hear you guys. And I just want to say to Chipper, do you miss spring training? <laughs> I miss being down there with the guys and, and uh, interacting with the fellows. But, uh, boy, I tell you what, my body is toast. I can promise you that. <laughs> spring training has to be the best time of year for a sports fan. I really mean it. It's awesome. <laughs> it, it's pretty good for baseball players, too, because we get to work on our golf game. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is great. If, if you haven't been down as of late, Bill and, and Chipper, you can attest to this. Your work, unless you're one of the coaches or you right. have some other specific work to do on one of the backfields, you're pretty much done by 2 o'clock. First couple, first couple 10 days probably, 10 days to two weeks, we're, we're literally off the field at noon and on the golf course by 1230, o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty Beautiful. good gig. I would say so. <laughs> what about your gig? Chipper, it's just like the radio business. You're yeah. done by 1 o'clock. <laughs> my wife says. Touche. Fair point, Bill. Yeah. My, my wife says your shift is shorter than most baseball games. Now, we've sped it up a little bit, so she can't really say that much anymore. Hey, Bill, so, um, all right, we might as well just go to it. Uh, how quickly are we going to go blow past 12 teams in the college football playoff? Because I just smell 16 on the horizon, sir. <laughs> oh, we'll see. But, you know, for a change, the media reports last week were pretty accurate. Uh, the commissioners uh, are just started saying, you know, is, is this the right number given conference expansion, given the larger sizes of conferences? Is 12 going to be the right number? That's to be determined. Of course, we're going to have 12 this season and, and next season. Uh, there's some details to be worked out. We'll see. And when you talk about a crazy time, do you remember it being crazier than this? Because you were part of the BCS, you were part of the first 14 playoff, and now you got this, and you got NIL, and you got conference expansion. Like you said, everything seems to be happening all at once. Boy, it really does. And But I've been around long enough to know that when you're in the middle of something, man, that feels like the worst thing that ever happened, or the busiest, or the most time-consuming. And I think I think history will be the only judge of, of this time but it it sure seems like there's a lot on everybody's plate when, right now when you look back though do you believe the computer system 
was good or not good? Because it's zeros and ones, garbage in, garbage out. I, I don't know what you'll what you'll say about it, but what do you think about when the computers ran it? Not, not, not. First of all, nobody knew how they operated. And the computer guys tried to explain it to me, and I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, but no, not. This system we have now with the committee is the best system ever devised to evaluate college football teams. Will there be controversy? Absolutely. Every year. And, and actually 12 teams, 14, 16, 32, 64, <laughs> that won't solve the controversy. But, but this system works. Bill Hancock with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Like you said, you have to go in, be it your role or the committee or anybody else around the playoff. Someone is going to be left out. Somebody is going to be upset. Somebody is going to think the committee is against them. They are, and, and we're all little Oliver Stones. We're all we're all thinking there's a conspiracy, but there is no conspiracy with this group, period. How do you know that, Bill? <laughs> Here we go. How do you know that? I'm there. I'm with them. I hear the debate uh, there. It's like, I don't know, it'd be like, what do I say? Cursing in church. You just don't do it. <laughs> so, but you agree there's a human agenda. There's a human nature. There's the I want mine to succeed maybe more than yours. And I know there's recusing. I, I looked up the word. I'm, I'm happy I said it correctly. I know there's that, but I'm still not sure that there's not agendas walking in that room. No, there's not. I wish you could come to the mock exercise sometime that we do in the fall mm-hmm. where people play the role of committee members and, and see it, it just doesn't happen. I understand the question, but believe me, it doesn't happen. All right, Bill, send a ticket to 3325. Uh, no, uh, I would do that. But here's the thing. Why don't you have a fan on the 13-person committee? Uh, An outsider. We, we have football experts who really are outsiders. Compare our committee to the uh, the men's basketball committee that really has no outsiders. And I worked with that group for 13 years. I love it. Love that tournament. This will be my 45th consecutive Final Four to attend. So I love that. But I like the fact that we do have we do have outsiders. Condoleezza Rice, uh, Rob West, and an energy company executive in New Orleans. And I can just go on and on. We, we do have outsiders. What if there was a contest? I'm really, I'm not even being smart-ass about this. What, why isn't there, I would say, the average guy, the football fan, why doesn't he maybe have an entrance into something like this? Would he take the time to do the work, he or she, mm-hmm. take the time to do the work, take the time to attend the meetings? Um, don't know the answer to that. We, we, we prefer to stick with established college football experts. We can take a radio guy as, as long as as long as he's retired. He can't be active, so you have to retire. We asked the, on the committee. We asked Reese Davis. The okay. problem is, Bill, he'll never give up the radio show. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not retired. Out of his cold, dead hands. Yeah, would have to rip me out of the seat. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bill, we asked Reese Davis if ESPN maybe has too much power when it comes to any of this stuff because that became a thing as well. Zero, nada, nil. They don't want any power. They don't want to be involved in this. And we had the same thing when I worked with the men's basketball tournament. People said, oh, CBS has all the power. They want Kentucky. They want them to play North Carolina. That wasn't true then, and it's not true now. But you understand why people would say that. They're investing billions of dollars, and they want to maybe have the best product out there. You understand why that's the perception. 
Oh, I've been around it long enough to know I understand every fan's perception. I love fans. <laughs> fans are the reason the three of us and Chipper, the four of us, have, have jobs. I get that. I love them. And I will tell you oh, this. Hold on. Chipper's kind of retired. I mean, Chipper's, Chipper's, there's, there's he's, no kind of to it. He's living off the back of the taxpayer right now, Bill. So let's just keep it to us working. But, but I right will now. say this. In all of our conversations we've had, we've had with you over the years, you, you are a guy that doesn't seem to take. You understand big picture. You don't take any of this personally. No. Goodness gracious. Really, the three of us and Chipper, when he was playing, we're all so lucky to get to do what we get to do. My goodness. <laughs> All right. What was the yeah. you said forty five years with the NCAA basketball tournament? This will be my forty fifth consecutive Final Four to ten, and frankly, I'm shooting for seventy five. Okay, good for you. Uh, I'm rooting for you in that regard. But here, how much money was the NCAA tournament when you first got in? Do you know what the TV deal was? Do you have any idea? Oh man, I shouldn't guess. I, I okay. don't know. But but. Could you have envisioned the numbers that we're talking about in the college football media rights and the basketball media rights? Nope. 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 Are you a fan of NIL? Yeah, if it's done right, absolutely. Is the NCAA going to have any power, or should they just shut out the lights right now? <laughs> oh, we're going to have to have a governing body of some kind. And I, Of course, I worked at the NCAA for 16 years, so I guess I'm biased. They have they have good people, good principles. Uh, could they use some work? Yeah, they could, of okay. course. Um, is Nick Saban supposed to be the commissioner of college football? <laughs> he can't. He's on the he's going on ESPN. So we'd have to give that up. Uh, let's give it to Feinbaum instead. He'd have to quit the radio. He's got a pretty big gig. You you better you better have a checkbook out if you're going to get Feinbaum. <laughs> I heard about what he makes. All right, Amen. so you're all set. It's it's twelve. Twelve the next couple of years could that change? Yeah. Do you within think the next couple of you years, you think it's going to change, right? I don't know. I've, I've given up trying to guess about these things. <laughs> um, but conferences are bigger, and is twelve the right system to fit within the current size of the conferences? In the next we'll five, out. if the in the next five years, do we have two super conferences, and that's it, and everybody else plays oh. for the other trophy? I don't know. What's a super conference? How many teams are in it? Who are they going to play? 20 teams. 40 teams all together, Bill. 40 teams all together, and everybody else is playing for something else. And, and they're going to lose, right? Some of those teams are going to lose some games. Yeah. That maybe they're not accustomed to losing. Because uh-huh. they're not going to be able, they're probably not going to be able to play uh, Furman. Yeah, directional schools. Uh, yeah, not as much. Yeah. App, they're not going to play App State. Although Michigan wished they hadn't played App State. Uh, sorry, can we? Can I strike that from the record, please? <laughs> Anything can happen on any given Saturday, Bill Hancock. So we appreciate you coming on with yeah. us. And when's the next meeting? Uh, don't know. Be pretty soon. What's the pretty thread soon. count? What's I'm, the What's the average thread count of the hotels that, that these committees stay? This is the greatest gig in the world. If you told me I could be a committee member, just a lifetime committee member, it's even better than ours. I, I think it's better than this gig. <laughs> No, it's not near as good as your gig. Come on. I don't know about that. I don't have a per diem. Chipper Jones. Yeah, that's true. Hang out with Chipper Jones. Come on. Uh, We asked earlier. (laughs) Chipper said, "How many to get Florida in?" Well, see, Bill, I grew up in Central Florida. Grew up a a Gator fan, but I think you'd have to expand. Is is there any proposal (laughs) in the near future to expand to sixty-four so that maybe my my Gators might be able to get, or maybe just. Make sure you send uh, 10 or 12 five-stars down to Billy Napier, and maybe that'll help. 
Chipper, don't worry. The Gators will be back. Don't worry. I know. Everything. Don't worry. Be happy. That's the Bill Hancock theme. Bill, always a pleasure having you on. And uh, once this uh, next meeting takes place and maybe some expansion talk continues, we'll We'll have another conversation. That sound good? Yeah, and I'll see you down at that thing yeah. in the fall. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate the invite. You, you, you guys are great. Thanks for having me on. Take care. You got it. Bill Hancock, the executive director of the college football playoff. I told you, you can't stay mad at the guy. No, I know. You can't, you can't be mad he at the He seems guy. like the nicest guy yeah. on the planet. So he's, well, he's great at his job. But he's, he, he's the kind of guy you need running point for yep. this. Absolutely. Yes. He's the grandfather that if I wanted to blast him, I go, what would I blast that guy for? You can't blast nope, him. Nope. I can blast the, the system. Right. 13 people staying in a hotel in Texas and telling me who the best teams are. I can blast that. I just can't get him. But he opens uh, the conversation by talking to Chipper about spring training. You I see, know. he lightened the mood right out of the gate. I just kind of forgot what we wanted to go after him about. <laughs> sort of like being pantsed. <laughs> totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Going back to college football, it's the NIL deal of a lifetime. Everything else is a distant second. We go on campus next. Hall of Famer Chipper Jones hanging out with us until 1 o'clock. It's Domino Ancelini. It's the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Deep to right field. And with one swing of his back, Chipper Jones has untied the game. It's 3-2 Atlanta as Chipper Jones connects for a leadoff homer to start the ninth inning. I think that's Chipper Jones' first big league home run. It is. And that was a bit time for it. Yeah, and a rocket, too. Domino, Cellini, the fans, 680 and 93.7 FM here on a Wednesday afternoon. The Braves Clubhouse Report is coming up, as Derek Thomas said during his update at 2 o'clock. The Hall of Famer, Chipper Jones, here in studio with us. A rude homecoming last night at State Farm Arena. We'll get to that toward the bottom of the hour. Do you remember that like it was yesterday, the first career home run? Yeah, we got a Johnny Ruffin first strikeout and a Josias Manzanillo first homer. I guess that's a yes. Those are... Those are two uh, names that should uh, stir up a lot of memories. You can't get to 400 without hitting one. I, heard, I hear you. And, and you know, the first homer was special because we were, we were winning 2 nothing, and then we gave up two in the bottom of the eighth, and I was leading off the ninth. And I had faced Manzanillo a few times in the in the minor leagues. Good good arm, good fastball. I knew he was proud of it. So when I got a 2-0 count, I was sitting dead red. And, and uh, that, that homer was about... Uh, Man, it was probably 15 months in the making because uh, right. 90, 
you know, 90, uh, 94 blew out my knee in spring training, and then we had the strike, and that was about the middle of May before the, before I hit my first one. Were you going to be the starting third baseman in 94? Left fielder. Ronnie Gant broke his leg in the dirt bike accident, so it was myself, Tarasco, and Klesko that were vying for the, the left field spot. Terry Pendleton was still in yeah, Atlanta. okay. Um, Blouser and Belliard were still playing short. So, yeah, they, they you know, came up and asked me if I'd ever played the outfield before, and I was like, heck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never had. Uh, but uh, I think I was I think I was leading the team in homers and RBIs, uh, you know, going into that, that fateful game March 18th, 1994. So you did a lot of things great in your career. That's why you're a Hall of Famer. But I'm looking at your Wikipedia page, and you know this, in 91 – Great offensive numbers with the 55 errors, 56 errors, 56 errors. The shortstop position. That seems impossible. What do you realize? Well, eh, this shortstop thing isn't for me. When you got a scatter gun, <laughs> uh, I, look, I relied on my arm a lot playing defense as an amateur. I didn't move my feet very well to take pressure off of my arm. I would just sit back at deep short and, you know, throw rockets, you know, over there and, you know, and at the high school level, I got away with it. When uh, when when the, the the clock speeds up at the professional level, <laughs> there were people in Macon, Georgia, wearing you know sitting behind the first base dugout wearing catcher's gear. Like I was scattering fans. It was it was pretty brutal. Now I could go and make that play in the hole and jump and throw and the the the, the throws that I didn't have to think about. Um. I made I made great plays, but if you hit me a routine two hopper and I had to take a crow hop and throw it to first, why? So you, you understand out. how guys like Steve Sachs, how Chuck Knobloch well, gets in the their thing. head. They yeah. had the thing, yeah, hundred percent. I wouldn't say I had the thing. Um, I think it was more fundamentals. You know, I think once I learned to play defense with my feet and not my glove and my arm, I got a lot better. So hold once, on, they pay you three hundred something thousand dollars, and you got fifty six errors. Is anybody in the organization catching any crap for this? No, not with his offensive numbers. No DH. No, no they had. Well, I think <laughs> they'll the, find I a spot the, for you like I, that. I think the move was always going to be corner outfield or third base. I, I think they there are people a lot smarter than us. Now, when I was coming out of high school, nobody told me I couldn't play shortstop. You know, I mean, I was the best athlete on the field. At some point, I was going to grow into my body and and be 225 pounds instead of 175 pounds. So the Terry Pendleton decision of not being here in 95, Klesko being ready to go out into the outfield, that's the transition. And we were running, a lot of people don't remember this, we were running a three-way platoon uh, between third base and left field. Whenever um, we faced righties, um, I played third, Klesko played left. Whenever we faced a lefty, I played left, Jose Oliva played third. Right, right when I got called up, this was in yeah. So ninety five. Do you should Hideo Nomo have been eligible for the Rookie of the Year? I did some numbers. He had like a hundred. Loves putting me on the spot. No, he had a hundred and thirty. So you're not a friend you in this room. It sounds like if I say no, you know, I mean, he's a grown ass man. He's twenty six. He pitched hundred and fifty games. For Jones, I was robbed. <laughs> Demand your trophy back. Under the current system of voting, he was the rookie of the year. He led the league in strikeouts, and ERA started the 
freaking all-star game. I know, for I know but he was a grown-ass man. He pitched 150 <laughs> games. They started 150 games. He comes over here, and all of a sudden, he's taking our trophies. And by the rules, he wasn't rookie. <laughs> by the rules. He came in second. He did come in I second. I did come in second. Yeah. I did win the player's choice rookie of the year. Oh, year. Inter- I'll, th- I'll throw that in there. Is that somewhere in the basement right now? Is that a is that a piece of hardware <laughs> that you actually give you? That is that is that is there. Yeah. What did you ever win? Uh, car? Anything like you? No. No. We had a little discussion. What color was the Corvette? Black. I told you. So she, Urban Legend has it that as a yellow Corvette. It was no. It, the, the story obviously changes over the no, years. It was black. But how many times did you get hit that year? In the minors? 17. 17 times. You think if you weren't driving a Corvette, it might have been a few less? A few less, yeah. yeah. I got hit 19 times in my entire career in the big leagues. <laughs> Are you shocked by that number with your production? I'm seriously asking. Are you shocked that you were only hit 19 times? Yes. Um, I learned early on that that, that that little thing with the stitches hurts, you know, so I learned how to get the hell out of the way. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is I think it's more, I would like to think it's more of a reflection of respect that I played the game the right way. Um, you know, I, I did very little to ruffle anybody's feathers. I had the utmost respect for my peers and my teammates and the game itself. And I'd like to think that people, now I had some, some dudes that hate Cardo Zambrano hated me. Like he probably hit me the most of anybody. He probably hit me you know, three or four times. Darren Dreifer hit me a couple times. Uh, Darren Dreifer almost made a fatal mistake of hitting Andres Galarraga one too many times as well. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, do you know that I can only remember being hit by a New York Met one time in my career? One time out of all the crazy things that I said in the media, out of all the the big hits that I got against them, the only time that I ever got hit was, I believe, game six of the 99 LCS against Al Leiter. He came out, we lit him up. I don't think he got a, I don't think he got an out. He didn't know where to ball. So it, I know for a fact it was unintentional. Al would never hit me. Do you know that right anyway. away if it's intentional or not? 100%. Yeah. 100%. You, you're, whenever something iffy happens in the game where it pisses the other side off, you automatically... Your your red flags are up, you know, like your senses are heightened. So, can you? I mean, nineteen years against yeah. the mess, and I can. I, I think that's the only time I ever got hit. Is the Larry thing? Uh, it became kind of funny. Is that the maybe the greatest sign of respect? I took it as such. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, they don't get on bums. they say they don't get on bums. How many times in your, in your lifetime? Daryl, Daryl, you know, Reggie, uh, Barry. I mean, like, to walk up to the plate and 40,000 people in another stadium were saying, Mary, I was like, this is awesome. You know, that started with, like, one guy from Astoria, Queens. One guy had to start that. Hey, his real name's Larry. (laughs) Right, Stevie from Queens. Come on, everybody, Larry. Well, next thing you know, forty thousand. The the you know, doggy started it. Maddox started it, and Piazza heard him call me that at All Star Game. Interesting. One time, then like Mike would never. He goes, "I'll never call a grown man chipper." So whenever I walk to the play, you know, he go, "Hey, Larry." I go, "Hey, Michael. How you doing?" And he, and then he would he would go on to say, "I hate this." 
flipping song, you know, talking about Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. And then, you know, um, during 1999, they thought I was getting tipped pitches. You know, Oral Hershiser came out and, you know, said I was tipping pitches or I was getting pitches tipped. They were somehow we were relaying him. And then we went up there, you know, three or four games later and did the same thing to him. Um, yeah. So I think I, that pissed me off a little bit. We went up there and I think there were two games left. Uh, there were two games back of the Reds and I'm walking off the field. This is the, the infamous story. I'm walking off the field and this guy has a split Jersey, one side Mets, one side Yankees. I didn't think that was a thing in New York. I, you have to be one way or the Pick other side. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, of course they come to me after the game and I'm, they're pretty much done. You know, they lose a game or the Reds win a game and their season's over. And so I basically came out and said, now all these Mets fans can go put their Yankee-ish on. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that'll plant yeah, the seed. that'll plant the seed. So, of <laughs> course, New York, the Mets win two games and the Reds lose two games. And we end up facing them in the in the uh, uh, league championship series. And I was thinking to myself, man, they are going to let me have it when I go back up there. And it did not disappoint. But neither did the games. Right. Like, it, we, it was a great series. Good for the game of baseball. Hall of Famer Chipper Jones on with us for a few more minutes. You, you got to mention the NIL deal. Did yeah, you hear about what this kid's we're, got? We're going to no. do it uh, right now as we talk some college athletics. The college football voice of the South is going on campus. Presented by Subaru of Gwinnett on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Or shop online at SubaruofGwinnett.com. Got to take care of the sponsors, Chris. What is this, your first day on the job? Apologize. Uh, Jackson Darts, the Ole Miss quarterback, and he landed a marketing deal with Nichols Air, which runs and operates private jets. As a part of the deal, Dart is going to have access to the private jets for travel, training, and if he wants to do some charity work, the door's open for him to fly to and fro. Again, everything else is second now when you talk about NIL charity deals. Work. Charity yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I will say this. That's a that's a tremendous deal as someone who flies private every once in a while. It's easy to get uh, uh, spoiled at the uh, how convenient it is. What do you mean? Like <laughs> driving your car six steps away from... The best is we had I know. the chance to do it a couple Crazy. times. When you come back, your car's on the tarmac waiting yes. for you. Yes, and, you know, you throw the guy, you know, 50 bucks and he goes and he cleans it for yep. you, details it for you. How about the yeah. fact that you can bring a bottle, bottle water on there? Like, think about that. Bring they'll ha- they'll have a bunch of other stuff on there for you, but the idea that is, you can bring the water anything. a mixer yeah. for the whiskey? Sure is. Yeah, you can bring whatever you want on, it seems. What was the greatest perk you ever got? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, sweets on the road. Yeah, so you put that in your contract? Yes, 100%. I, I had to stretch out, man. I, you know... I needed I needed some space away How from my bed. What contract was it? Was it after '99? Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. So but you, then they stopped doing it. They did. Like right towards the end of my career, they stopped doing. I got grandfathered in because I had had it, but they stopped uh, with some of the younger guys that were that were signing because I don't know. Hotels only have a certain amount of suites too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you think about all the guys that we had on our club who had suites, you know. So it's like, you know. Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, me, you know what I mean? It's four suites, you know? So that's a, that's, it adds that's up. That's a lot of suites. That's a good hotel, too. But see, I like to have the guys over. Like, I would have the guys over. We would 
play video games. We would, you know, have a rap session. So you can't do that in a, you know, some of these. Do, do players do more of that now, kind of gather in the hotel together with cell phones and everything else? Oh, I else? think so. I, especially the big quote-unquote gamers, you know, that the, they get together and they play this Fortnite and all. Just go out and get blitz. Next thing you know, somebody takes a picture and it becomes a story when it's not really a story. Hundred percent, which in. is what I did. You know, luckily we didn't have we didn't have oh. phones back then. You know, phones that could take pictures because I would have been plastered all over the. Because you were also a guy that you were going to be awake after a game. Yes, like you you were in the middle of the night. I didn't go to sleep until two or three o'clock in the morning. Right, every which, single. Which would have meant if you're out in the city and something's open, yeah. I might as well go out. Yeah. And we all know how, you know, I'm never one to turn down a session of partaking a little of the sacrament. Brown liquor. It <laughs> helps you rest liquor. a little bit. Uh, so in addition to the deal with Nichols Air, Dart also has promotions with Gillette and EA Sports. Speaking of gamers. So for you, Domino, the Gillette deal would be great. You shave your head every day, and a lot of times yeah. you carve a hole in your head. Once every four to five months, I walk in here looking like a Rose Bowl parade float. <laughs> I got toilet paper hanging off my head. He's 20 years old. He's blonde hair. He's probably not even shaving yet. Yeah, you're right. He just got the deal. <laughs> it's sort of like saying I would like to I would like in my contract. Did you hear about this? There's no such thing as divisional MVP. Okay. So you can win the L- L- yes. ALCS. Right. Yes, you I had a couple of monster division series. Right, and, and there's no MVP. But, but guys, I've been told, their agents say they're putting a divisional MVP into the contract because you never know when they might actually That's, hand out an MVP. Better to be safe than sorry. $50,000 for something that doesn't exist. Doesn't even exist. So I was negotiating, in the midst of negotiating one of my contracts with uh, with John Sherholz, and I can tell this years later, I would have never been able to back in the day, but I I, I asked him, so he, he comes up to me and goes, you're going to be the highest paid player in the game. And I go, okay, well, well what about incentives, you know? And uh, this was the, the 2000 contract that I signed. It was... I want to say uh, six years, ninety million. So it's fifteen million a year. Is that weird? Everybody knowing what you make. I don't care. I mean, okay. it's not a big deal. I mean, that's, I don't really care about the numbers itself. Right. But I asked him. I go, you know, is there any? You know, we got any like incentives? You know, like All Star games or playoff MVPs? And he looks at me. I mean, straight faces all get out, and he goes. If you're making 15 million, we expect you to make the all-star team. It's kind of a given. You know, I mean, it's like, and I got to thinking about that. I go, you know, he's right. I was like, we're fighting over, you know, 50,000 or 100,000 here. There, I'm making 15 million. I better be doing my job. All right, a couple of quick things. What do you know about the possibility that Bonds was coming here? Oh, it was a very distinct possibility. And Jim Leland was the reason it didn't happen. Like, there was a deal on the table, and... Leland nixed it. He goes, I'm out if you if you make this deal. And the optics of that would not have been good. Okay, what about Rodriguez? There was talk that Alex was coming here, and then he got blown away with the offer, I guess, in Texas, probably. Yeah, I would say uh, I can't say that we were number two. Um, we weren't number two from a monetary standpoint. I could probably promise you that. But I think if... He wasn't blown away by uh, Texas that uh, we would have been a strong consideration for him. Alex and I had conversations on multiple occasions about him coming here. He asked a lot of questions about 
Bobby and John Sherholtz and the clubhouse and all that kind of stuff. So I know he's pretty serious. You know, we, we called Dale Murphy because Dale's number was done, retired. And Dale on the air with us said, if Alex wants it, Alex can have it. Like we were just, I remember we called him specifically to say, hey, there's a little bit of a rumor that Alex might be coming here. You okay if he wears number three? And of course he's Dale Murphy. Without hesitation. Yeah. I, d- I don't know if that would actually happen. I don't. I don't know that Alex would have would have taken it. I think he would have. I think he would have done the right thing and gone elsewhere. At least that's what I like to think. Thirty three. Yeah, something like that. Thirteen. Or what's whatever. the What's the one other than the incentives for the All Star? Um, when you heard two hundred and forty five million for Alex in Dallas, mm-hmm. what what like as a player? I don't care. Like you're getting ninety, great, good for you. But right. you you hear two forty five. What are you thinking? Um, I really was indifferent, to be honest with you. Um, you never peaked or cared? No, no. I mean, you're ta- first of all, you're talking about probably one of the, a, a top 10 talent of all time. Okay. Um, uh, I am, I don't concern myself with where I stand in the pecking order of salaries. I am where I want to be. I am happy here. I am making a ish load of money, not to use Chernoff's expression again, but I'm making a, a boatload of money and I am content. I am happy. I want to raise as little amount of waves as possible. I want to hit third and I want to play third for the Atlanta Braves because that's what makes me the happiest. Give me what you think I'm worth. You did that. I'm happy with it. Let's move on. All right. In today's game, if you come up, your talent comes up, are you hitting third? In today's game, you just come up. You're whatever the young version. Well, of I'm you. 51 years old. Yeah, man. not you anymore. <laughs> the, if you're 20, absolutely not. <laughs> if you're 21, 22 years old, and you have yes. your offensive ability, yes. you hit in third. Yes. Why? What? Like, what if a manager just tells you, "Well, that doesn't happen because I'm in second. Oh, what if you want to hit me second, and yeah. you're telling me that the 22 that, year old version of you in today's that, game that the most versatile. Yes. A most versatile hitter in your lineup hits second now instead of third. Right. Um, then I'm 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 down for that. <laughs> but you had a thing about hitting third. I did. Yeah, yeah I was what very you, comfortable. What if you hit fourth? I I wasn't as um, happy. Yeah, I liked hitting third because hitting third came with a moniker. You had a leadoff hitter whose job was to get on base and wreak havoc on the bases. Number two hitter was a guy, very versatile hitter, who hit behind runners, could bunt, could hit and run, uh, also could could uh, uh, run a little bit. Both of those guys get on. It is my job to hit 300 in a manner which it drives both guys in. All right, when, know, we, one point or another. when we come back, a couple of things about a lineup I want to ask you about and the biggest moment prior to a couple of years ago in Braves history where you were when uh, the press kind of took the ball and ran with it back in 95. Chipper Jones, the Hall of Famer, we'll talk to him about that and more for one more segment. The Hall of Famer in with us on Domino and Cellini, the fan 680 and 93.7 F. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Chipper Jones, the runners break. Here's the throw from the to the third. Not in time. It gets away. Williams sprints for the plate. He's going to score. Boone holds second. And now the 1 0 to Chipper. him on the right shin. Now that could smart a little bit. You, you do know we survived. 12.55, <laughs> Domino Cellini. Oh. The fan, 680, 93.7 FM. National Florist Day, so best song about flowers. Someone chose this one. That really tying in with Chipper getting hit against Al Leiter in the Mets. It is what it is. Um, so the Hall of Famer here with us for a couple more minutes. Appreciate you coming in and sitting in with us. Seriously, for a couple hours. My pleasure. Um, let's go back to the opening game of the series last year against Philadelphia. I don't know why, I don't know how, but how surprised were you to see that lineup? A little bit surprised, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there was, I wasn't in the clubhouse. I'm sure there was a, a method to the madness. Uh, obviously, we hadn't swung the bats real well. But you're talking about the first, the first, first game of the, the first game. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, haven't asked Snit that question. Uh, that's y'all's job. How, you know? how did you get along with Skip, Pete, Don, Joe, uh, Ernie? Great. Great. Loved them all. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, I would go up take a break from the card game in the back, and I would go up just to listen to some of the banter between them. It was priceless. Like, you know, when uh, when Skip got, you know, a little a little boozed up, I mean, he called no. I mean, he went after everybody, and especially, like, Joe, because Joe was, you know, new on, on the scene. But uh, listening to him and Pete, they would be playing cards and whatnot and telling stories. It was priceless. So... David Justice calls out the fans, hits the home run. What do you remember the day that he said it, the day and the moments leading up to the game, and then that moment? I didn't hear about it till I got to the stadium. I, I hadn't listened to the radio. I hadn't picked up the newspaper, um, you know, and, and there was this, it, even above and beyond the normal chatter of what was going on surrounding a World Series, there was a, a sense of, like <sighs> stunned kind of uh, excitement like okay I can't believe Dave said that so I was like what's going on you know everybody's on pins and needles right now it's game six man let's go and they were like you didn't hear what David said you know what what was in the paper I was like no and they told me and I was like ooh that's 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 not good, you know. I mean, because I'm, I'm thinking to myself here, you know, we've we've had this monkey on our back for for so long. Not me personally, but some of the older guys, and and now we have to ask answer questions about this when we should be answering questions about what do you think about Glav going against uh, uh, El Presidente, and you know, are are you going to bring the offense back to Atlanta from from Cleveland because we swing the bats really well up there. And, you know, now it's, what do you think about Dave's comments? So it really was a distraction. It could not have worked out any better because I will tell you this about David. You could say he was militant. You could say he was outspoken, and those are all true. 
But I want that guy at the plate with the game on the line because he wants to stick it to anybody who hates on him. And, boy, he got hated on that night. And uh, just like he said in the in the special afterwards, he goes, when they announced my name, when I walked up to the plate for the first time, there were a lot of boos. He goes, but I heard a couple people clapping, you know, and I'm going to. I'm going to help us win this game for those people that that I heard clapping. So even though he was negative, sometimes he he had a tendency to pull the the positive out. Non-teammate addition. You can't pick a teammate. Anybody you played with, ever. Uh, That one at bat, who do you want? Of all the guys that you've seen, you get that one thing. Of all the guys you've seen, you you have one at bat. You can't pick a teammate. Who are you putting up? With or against. So it's Barry. I'd have to go Tony Gwynn. Yeah. And, and I will say Barry Barry's the best baseball player I've ever seen. Um, but I want the ultimate pro at bat at the ultimate time, and that's Tony Gwynn. And you know his numbers against. Oh, it's ridiculous. Here. Ridiculous. Yeah. Never, never, like, never struck out. Like, Doggy never struck him out. I think never that. struck him out. I think, I think, I want to say... Three maybe, or two of the three. I can't remember which one it was. But his numbers but, were outstanding yeah. against all three. To yeah. Chris's point. Did you watch his? B, you ever watch his BP? Uh, were you a guy I wanted to I'm, see? I'm, I'm, I'm sure I did. I didn't make it a point. Most of the time, must see batting practice is Bombs. reserved for. Yeah. Bombs. Did you do you like the way the BP is run now? You don't have to go on the field. It's not mandatory. You can go do it in the cage. They used to just have this routine where they had you guys out there and it was the same. And you know, hitting hitting BP home runs is not impressive. Like, at a certain point, you go, okay, are we really trying to do anything? Yeah, Yeah, but are we really trying to do anything here today? Well, basically, the only time I would ever hit a ball out of the ballpark would be to center field or the opposite way, continuing what I was working on the first couple of rounds. Like, you know, there's a reason why Freddie Freeman never hits a ball right of second base in batting practice. That's because he was under my wing for the first, you know, five or six years of three or four years of his career, and I'm telling him, you have to you have to learn that swing right there. And that's what we worked on. We were working on muscle memory so that when the you know that pitch comes in the game, we just react to it. We don't we don't have to really try. Non teammate addition, who's the guy you want on the mound? Oh um uh, I'm gonna I'm going to give my boys some some credit. I'm going to go Clemens first, and I'd probably uh, say Smoltz is second. Did you like, like Lester? Did we have a conversation about Lester? Yes, Lester's a bulldog, man. I love that guy. I would have loved for him to have been here in Atlanta. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out. I mean, we, we had serious discussions about him, but that is a guy, like, much like Sale, like, they're not out there to make friends. They they are looking to shove it up your rear end. Like last year, if Bryce Harper does that and Chris Sale's on the mound, Chris Sale may hit Bryce Harper the next time up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, you know, first about this year. <laughs> That's <laughs> something to look forward to. You got to get, you gotta get him when Let you got to get something. him. Let me tell you something right now. Chris Sale is here to help us beat Harper, Schwarber, Stott. In Philly and Freddie and Otani in LA. That's why he's here, you know. And we just need him to be upright and healthy, 
going into uh, going into October, and we'll we'll see how it all pans out. Chipper, always a pleasure having you in. The door Thank is you. always open. They're going to put Thank you to work. You got to sign some baseballs. Enjoy. It's for the kids. For Listen, the kids, it does beat the, the hell out of standing around a pool guy going, "Hey, I'm just wondering <laughs> if you maybe you don't you have no idea how they're building a pool, right?" It has been impressive to watch. Trust me, I have one, and they did it, and I don't know. I had no idea throughout the process yeah. how it was going to turn out. A, I, I could it not is envision amazing. it. Amazing, yeah. and how fast it happens yep. too. So. All right, Chip. Good to see you. Love you guys. Y'all be good. Thanks, Chip. Best to the family. Chipper Jones, the Hall of Famer, here with us. When we come back, like we said earlier, it could be the most unexpected spring conversation we'll ever have. Your NBA Minute is next, and then some. Domino Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune in to 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.